the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 105, and our guest is Joe Garner, better known as The Colonel. This is the second time we've had the pleasure of sitting down with The Colonel. Last time had to be on Zoom, as most folks were not yet back to touring due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This go-round, we got to sit side-by-side in my Mazda SUV the day after The Kern and The Boys crushed their set at the wonderful Tuffy's Music Box in Sanford, Florida. The Colonel's latest record, Listen to the Blood, is the culmination of an idea Kern has been working on for several years, and it's absolutely outstanding. More about that in this conversation. Y'all, this was such a pleasure. I am grateful to bring you my conversation with the Colonel. got to be aware of like the there's like a little pop 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 if you're not careful with the cord i i have not figured out how to fix that but um just kind of keep it just kind of keep it steady keep it between the lines dude we made it (laughs) this whole thing's been an adventure (laughs) (laughs) you you got here we got here we made it happen um it's like a wrong turn to tupelo i suppose (laughs) that landed us here but man, thanks for doing this again. It's been a year since we were, since we last, a little over a year since we last talked. Wow, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, in that while, because I was thinking about how like um, you do you had been out the single had been out um, for a few months, maybe a month or two when we talked last, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, it's funny how time does. It's kind of. You know, not it's like yeah. Everything looking back over the last couple of years, it's just all scrambled. Well, and I'm <laughs> curious about how that, cause like last night was the first time I got to see you play. I had so much fun, dude, and I didn't get to stay the whole night. But I think I got through six songs before okay. I had to I had to leave. So, and I think all six, if I'm not mistaken, were from Listen to the Blood. Probably so. I think you led off with all like the maybe like in a row. I'm pretty sure you played them like right in a row, cause there's the track list. Did you play a long cool finger? Yeah. 
Um, I think yeah, that's... yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a blur getting there. We had such a crazy day with the van <clears throat> that just getting there was was enough, you know. So right. I was like, all right, let's just get through the show. And <laughs> <laughs> well, it, that, it was fun. It, it, we appreciate you going through the effort to get here to beautiful Sanford, Florida, and it it was interesting to me to think about the how long some of these songs have been around i mean there's videos you play in some of these like for several years ago mm -hmm. and then the record finally getting to come out and i wonder like now that you're out getting to play them for people what it feels like to to play these songs specifically what it feels like to sort of like how, how they've evolved you know because the song changes right and you change and I'm, I'm just interested because we've all gone through so much this is a an interesting thought with this record that is so is so um nuanced and beautiful and so heavy in places that you've had all this time between when some of these songs were written and it being released and what it if they're evolving now that you're out playing them yeah i mean that's kind of the <clears throat> the fun thing about doing you know playing music that's meant to be um or recording music that's meant to be performed live is that really you know depending you know you have a different band for different tours um and you have a static you know product or not a product but a static um you know set of things that you're trying to get across when you play a show but every time you do a show it's it's different every time mm -hmm. you know and that's that space in between those two things of having something that you're trying to in some ways like duplicate and make it we obviously want people to know the song and it you know for it to be recognizable but yeah i mean every <clears throat> every set does feel a little bit different um so yeah i mean that definitely plays into these songs like you said we have had a couple of these tunes that we've we've had around like pistol on the pillow you know mm -hmm. when you start thinking back it's like yeah this thing's been around whatever four years five years um and by the time you get around to recording them uh and then the whole pandemic thing kind of that gap you know of uh, basically you know a year nearly of having it sit there before we put you know actually got to put it to bed and there's just so many things involved um uh but but yeah it's almost like rediscovering the songs on you know with this tour mm. you know it's like uh because typically i haven't played electric guitar either um, but i just started doing that recently so i'm tr trying to challenge myself a little bit more to have a little more responsibility for the music um, but some of these songs are so wordy and mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like you know um it takes a while to get warmed up you know um on a, on a tour like this uh, so, but that's part of the challenge of it and part of the fun, you know, too, yeah. but, but yeah, it's, and we're still kind of in the beginning stages of touring on this stuff too. So, well, I could, that's brings up something interesting. Cause I think it's fun thinking about last night. I'm, I'm glad it worked out this way. It's weird that it, that it worked out. So now we're in my car in a parking lot in Sanford <laughs> doing an interview and it's not how it typically happens, but it had to happen. It was necessitated by you guys broke down, and then you broke down again, <laughs> and then you rolled in right about the time you were supposed to hit the stage, just about. Yeah. And uh, and so it's interesting to think about, you know, what you just said, because like, by at least a second or third song, it felt like you were in a groove, 
you know, if it, from, from my perspective, you know, in the audience, it felt like you were in a groove. And I wonder about that headspace. Like, I know you've been doing this for a while, but at the same time, that was a, a day of adversity. And then you got there and you are singing these wordy songs that are, that are nuanced. There's a lot of shit in these songs. <laughs> and so I wonder about that headspace as you roll in, especially having gone through a day like you went through yesterday. And it's no, it wasn't life or death, but it was, you know, it's your work. And yeah. there were obstacles along the way. And yeah. how you feel as you approach a day like that. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I have to remind myself that because <clears throat> there's so many times where you're getting ready to play a show and you just kind of go, I don't feel like standing on a stage and have people gawk at me, you mm. know, and criticize me or, you know, judge what I do or, or whatever. Like, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like doing that today. Um, but I have to remind myself, uh, I, I think it was in a, a Bill Callahan interview or something one time. Um, he, he said that he has this mantra the, he says to himself, that's just like, um, something like I asked to be here and you know, it, it is tough when you don't feel like it because a lot of people don't, I mean, you don't, don't feel like going to work, but you can, you know, shut your office door or whatever and have some time. But you know, it's when you're in front of people and you're having to pull off the music, um, and, you know, if you're not feeling it, you still have to kind of approximate what you're doing to make sure that the show is not suffering because of that, you know, mm -hmm. and th that there's a certain level of, um, uh, you know, whatever the, whatever the word is, you know, when you want to keep things to a certain standard. Um, but yeah, but then there's that, there's that looseness too of, yeah, we've never played this show before this is we have to do it right now mm -hmm. and there yeah and it's like the mood of everybody else in the band or what's going on in the personal life i mean yeah, there's a lot of things that go into it so you know you, you want to approximate everything so that it, it does have that standard to it but at the same time you know sometimes when everybody's feeling it together you kind of rise to a new level and you know some shows are better than others and that's just mm -hmm. how it is mm -hmm. um and i think the big thing is to continue moving when when you don't have those good shows when you don't have those those good nights you know when your monitor mix isn't good or there's a weird you know reflection of the vocal mix you know off of the back wall that's messing with your monitor you know all every mm -hmm. room has its own set of circumstances you know and um but not to let yourself get you know because we've you know i've definitely done shows where it's like man that was great we did exactly what we wanted to do and then the next night you kind of come in a little too cocky you know, and then mm. you just don't feel right, you know, mm -hmm. and then it gets even worse when you bring, when you're a little too cocky, you know, about, oh man, we're, we're badass, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, you still have to play every show, every night with that, whatever the circumstances are with that day in that room with the people. Like last night's show, it was kind of funny. There was this guy, and I, I don't know why people do this, but I've, I've seen this more in like England than, than in the States, but <clears throat> there was a guy like standing right in the front. And he was just like, he just kind of had this sour grapes thing the whole show. And I so so many times last night I wanted to be like, hey man, can you just go to the back? You know, if you're gonna. I didn't notice that guy. Yeah, I mean, you pick these people out, you know. Yeah. Very easy because you know you want to look around and see if are people having fun. Do we need to play something fast? Do we need to play something slow? Kind of read the room. And this guy was just sitting the whole time after every song. He didn't clap. 
and he just kind of had this sour look on his face. And, and he was with his girlfriend, I think, and it was almost like he was trying to be a cool guy, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, uh, yeah, these guys stink. They're not, this is not really, the music's not really good, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so little things like that, you can get in your head, and you're like, man, do we really suck? Uh, you know, is this guy, is he the, is he the truth in this moment? You right, know? Like, right. You know, you, but you can't judge yourself, in other words, based off of all these different circumstances. You have to be able to, you know, keep things, keep it cool, and do the best you can to perform the songs. But the hope is that you're doing you're doing that, but then something in the crowd starts to lift you, and you're all there together, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but you don't always get that. You don't always get, you know, even the, the shows that are, like last night's show was well attended, mm-hmm. you know, uh, people were energetic and stuff. But, um, you know, just because you have those things doesn't mean that the music feels like it's being lifted you know uh through that um it's a it's an unspoken kind of thing um and and it can happen with 10 people in an audience and you know and it can feel great and can feel like this is what we're out here doing uh this is why we're out here doing this to have these kind of moments with with people um but but yeah it's a there's a lot of little things that go into it but that's what makes it exciting and and fun and kind of you have to show up every time and look around and realize that you haven't done this before this is brand new you know in so many ways so well there's some transferable life lessons in what you just said i mean the you had the guy up front who had the sour look on his face i was like halfway back in the room and there were two women next to me who clearly didn't know who you were and they were having the time of their fucking lives (laughs) and everything and like you know for folks listening so we're at tuffy's music box in sanford last night which is a great room run by musicians and great people over there. Great folks, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody there is wonderful. The crowd is always fantastic. People are really there to, to, to watch and take in music. Um, it's a wonderful room to play. But you had that guy up front, and yet you had the ladies. You had me, who was very locked in, and you had the, the ladies next to me. The one lady goes, uh, she was like, she kept laughing because you are a... Um, expressive performer and there are moments silly moments and there are crazy moments and she was loving it and so she's really enjoying the music and then she's laughing her ass off at everything that you were saying in between and her friend was like half making fun of her she's like he's everything he says is so cute though <laughs> like she was clearly having so much fun and so it's there's this tendency to that dude was right up front with the sour look on his face and yet there were th- three times as many people right having a blast five feet back mm-hmm. and the rest of the room was having a good time too i had a good vantage point on it so there's so many transferable lessons there right to like make sure you're taking in the totality of the circumstances not just as in a performance but sort of like everywhere we are in life right yeah absolutely because i have most definitely played shows where i see that guy with the the sour grapes guy and 100 percent of my my mind is consumed, mm-hmm. you know, with his attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember playing a, a set in somewhere in England one time. It was just a solo set kind of thing. But, yeah, it was a small place. I was with Aaron Ray, and I was playing bass mm-hmm. with her, and I was just opening a show for her. Mm. But there, <laughs> I think about this guy sometimes because it is that does represent, you know, I think if I hadn't seen this guy in England, I, I wouldn't have had the tools maybe to deal with like that guy last night and not let him get it into my head. But yeah, just the guy, the old, 
you know, crossed his arms and just, oh, oh, this is terrible, and didn't clap at anything. And, you know, you just, but life is like that too. And like sometimes you have this negative thing and you can't, you get locked on it and you can't figure out a way to get out of it, you know. But with repetition, you know, it it does help. Um, But, uh, but, but yeah, it's funny, um, the different kind of, things you see when you look out into a crowd and you're like oh that couple they've been arguing um these people just met and they both you know are really into each other um this woman's exhausted i bet she's got four kids and you know it's like it's funny all the different people that you that you see at a show and uh you hope to communicate to all of them but but yeah that except for the guy in the front who was too cool for school. That's so interesting. Are you processing that in the moment? Each of those yeah. things you just described in the moment. It's that's the thing. It's kind of a trip about this whole thing. Is like all these things are going on at the same time. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm trying to play this electric guitar and not sound like a total idiot, you know. Yeah. And remember all my words. Like uh, we were playing in Macon a couple nights ago, and there was I forget what song it was, but at some point I just. I realized that I wasn't singing the lyrics. I was just like, (laughs) and it was like, I had to go, okay, Joe, you know, it's like, there's so many things going on that you focus on or whatever. And I realized that I was just one of these fast songs. I was just kind of like, you know, and I had to go, wait, where am I? Where are the lyrics? Boom. Okay, here we are. And it's like slipped out of reality just for a second because there's so many different things to get distracted by, you know? Yeah. Especially when you haven't played in a while and like these guys, like these aren't my normal, is it my normal band? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm listening to what they're doing, you know, because it's like, okay, this is, this part's a little too slow. This part drags, you know, a little bit. We need to make a mental note for tomorrow night or after the show. Hey, on this part, you know, so there's so many of those things, especially as like the band leader. Um, there's a lot of hats you wear, you know, a yeah. lot of things going on, and but you have to do stay focused on the, you know, the right things. I think that's so, <laughs> that, that, man, because like, I mean, that connection of music and the. F- I've been thinking about this a lot. I mean, it's kind of what the whole fucking show is based on is just thinking about the the, the import of art and how it connects with people. I don't know that I've really processed it the way you just described as like, because I'm not sure anybody's put it that way, that you are in fact taking in the lives of all those people in that moment. That's a lot to take in. That's a lot to sort of like process in the moment while you're also doing the thing. But I want, I feel like, because that was a fantastic performance, dude. And I, I, I feel like maybe that, informs your performance in a way that makes it something completely special does that make sense yeah and i'm not sure everyone really looks at it that way i don't think they do well and and not i don't necessarily think it's a a good thing um you know just 100 percent um but i do think that you know i yeah you can't let the audience dictate too much about what you're doing um Mm. because you know you, you really have to keep you have to keep the the reins in your hands you know and it's your you're in control of that particular space of time and you're the one dictating uh, everything but I do think that uh, when music is live music is at its best there is a an eye to eye contact there's a there's a connection between the audience and and, and who's on stage um, 
you know, that that kind of is what it's all about. It's that, mm-hmm. you know, you're there to say, hey, I, this is what I think about life. This is sort of my, these songs are like tiny mission statements. And do you agree or do you disagree? And when people agree and they say, yeah, I feel that way too, that's 100%, you know, w- what you're doing it for. But there's a lot of little things that can creep up and, and get in the way, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of that happening. And it doesn't always happen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you have to have that, that sort of standard that isn't affected by the audience at all. But ideally, you know, I like when you kind of open the gates a little bit wider and say, come on in. And, and they say, no, you come on in too. And, and you kind of have this back and forth. Um, that's when it's really special, when those things happen. But you can't really manufacture it. And, and sometimes it surprises you. Sometimes the song, you might be in the middle of a song and you feel something in the room connect a little bit more. Mm. Um, and it's cool to pick up on those little nuances. I mean, I think if I just got on stage every night and said, I don't, I don't want to know what the crowds, I don't want to open my eyes. I don't want to think about what they're feeling or anything like that. You know, that, and I think, I think a lot of it has to do with the music. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of music that you wouldn't, you wouldn't really want to look around and, you know, Mm -hmm. see the mom, the tired mom or whatever, but Mm -hmm. For some reason, with this music that we do with with this the Colonel thing, it it it's it's more, it's like we're all just hanging out, you know. It's mm. not like a here's here's a poem, and you guys, you know, I want to sing it really quiet, and y'all are gonna be transfixed, you know, in this moment. It's more like, hey, have a good time, and you know, sneak some some lyrics in there, and maybe you'll pick up on that and, and enjoy that. But but yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of different ways to do it, you know, and and I I think from the outside looking in it does look simple like <clears throat> someone's on stage there's an audience <clears throat> and it's that's just all it is but there there's a lot going on there mm-hmm. and there are a lot of different ways to drive that car you know mm-hmm. um which is what's fun about it uh it's the, the theater is the same way it's like anything can happen on this on these planks up here you know? right well i th- you know you talked about like the colonel thing you want to, uh, people to have fun and I think that the interesting thing about that is it is fun, but at the same time, I mean, like last night, there were a couple songs you played, like um, Well, Pistol in the Pillow is a great example that examines anxiety from a fun perspective, <laughs> but it's also some heavy stuff. Um, Green Green Sky is a heavy song that's also super fun. Um, super Marijuana Walmart, which we talked about last time, but I, uh, I did you play it last night, by mm-hmm. the way? Okay, good, I didn't miss out. I wonder if you even play that live. Yeah, we we just had a release show with the putting the record out a few weeks ago, and, and we did. But I had two keyboard players. Okay, and, right, right, uh, you right. Know, so it's a lot more. Yeah, you know, it's a lot more fun with with uh, more well, instruments. because because I think all of those that I just mentioned, and I could probably do that for every song. Yeah, the fight song, I, the limit. I could do that for you. Do you for every song on the record? In that I'm having fun while I'm listening, but at the same time, it's forcing me to examine some aspects of my own personality and my own life, and so. I, you know, I'm interested in, in that juxtaposition and how, how you balance those things, how you make something like this concept of like anxiety being sort of misdiagnosed or undiagnosed or just straight up ignored or, or dismissed and make it into something that it, you can play live and people have a blast with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, with uh, all these songs, uh, I do want them. I, I do want there to be, you know, hey, there's a way out. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. hope mm-hmm. kind of baked in. 
Um, like a tornado that picks you up and takes <laughs> right, you away. Right, yeah. Well, it's even like the guy in, the, in Green Green Sky, you know, um, the guy's name is Lolly. Like, what a silly name, you know, mm. um, who this, this guy becomes this terrible person, you know, <laughs> but his name's Lolly, you know. <laughs> and it's funny because my brother, I have a twin brother, and my mom used to call him Lolly when, oh. when we were little. Because uh, his name's Josh, and some I think she she's funny with nicknames and things, and she called him Lashi and then Lolly, and so it's kind of a funny thing we talk about now. Is like I'll call him Lolly, and um, but I like sneaking little things like personal things into songs like that, and and um, um, but yeah, having that balancing that levity with just real life everyday stuff, um, with you know with the outcome being, you know there there is hope. It, it's not just you know, a murder ballad or something. Um, uh, so yeah, that, that kind of ends up being a goal, uh, for me when I'm writing these, these tunes mm -hmm. is if a little kid wandered into the room, who's six years old and I want him, to, I want that little kid to start dancing around, you know? Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. Um, well, and yeah. I think that's why, for example, those people st standing next to me last night, even though they didn't know the songs were having a great time i'm not sure they were processing what the fuck you were saying even yeah no i think most people don't if they d haven't heard they're just like oh it's fun you know yeah which is fine that's 100 percent fine for me you know yeah because I, I mean i i've given it multiple thoughtful listens and taking copious notes on the songs but we were we were having these sort of parallel experiences and still having a great time me and these two women standing next to me that I'd never met either and there's such a beauty to that yeah um lyrically I mean to me that's more like uh you know it's like like a woman who makes quilts or or, or something like that you know it's it's a quilt it's going to be a quilt every time but there's little things that you know she might put into that that that's personal mm. that you know when other people see it they're just like oh this is a quilt you know mm -hmm. uh, when they hear it, it's like oh it's four white guys playing country songs mm -hmm. you know but there's little stuff in there um th that for me that's that's more of the fun part for me it's like my little uh my little thing that i put in the quilt that makes me happy mm -hmm. you know because mm -hmm. i enjoy the writing process and and or the writing outcome Maybe not the process all the time, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, ex you know, f exploring and, and finding things, you know, lyrically, um, that work together. It's kind of just like a fun hobby for me, you know? So, um, yeah. And it's there if people are looking for it and they're interested in that same particular, you know, strain of things. Um, but if not, then hopefully the music's fun and it's got a, a decent chorus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really all you that's all you're really trying to get, you know? <laughs> you just said something I'm not sure we touched on last time. We talked process last time, but I'm not sure that I heard you say maybe you don't enjoy the process as much all the time. It, it, can you say more about that? Like, are, do you get frustrated? or? Oh, what is yeah. That? I mean, it's just, honestly, it's, in, it's incredibly difficult to write anything. Right. You know, because especially now, it's, it's even when I first started trying to write, uh, I felt like there there was so little music, um, and or maybe I was maybe I was aware that there was a lot of music, but um, you just didn't have you just weren't bombarded with the reality that there are, you know, you could 
spend a whole lifetime trying to dig into you know cool music and you'd never find the end of that rope i mean yep. it's it's just unending feel overwhelming and now we're so we're inundated with that reality you know uh, with with streaming and stuff that it's just what is it there's like 60,000 songs uploaded a day you know to spotify or whatever That's it's like wild. and there's already enough music in the world that you could never find it all you yeah. know so um yeah i mean so you're as someone who's trying to write songs you're becoming aware every day of so much music and why would I even write anything? And, and of course, when you sit down to write something, you don't want to write something, or I don't, that someone else is doing, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to write a Jason Isbell song better than Jason Isbell. Right, you right, know? So I, right. I'm not right. going to sit and try to <laughs> try to write that kind of song. It's yeah. I want to try to write a kind of song that, that I don't hear, yeah. you know, that has my own particular stamp on it. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that people think about that with writers a lot. I mean... That it's not just uh, this person sits down and it just comes out, you know. There's a lot that there's a lot that goes into it, um, and you know, I, I, yeah. So, all that to say, I guess uh, it's it's really hard to write a song. Yeah, you know, to write one song and then to write an <laughs> album's worth and to make it something yeah. different and to make it something that you you find compelling that you think other people are going to find compelling. Right. Yeah. It's it's not easy and it like anything good it takes work and takes time and, and it's not always fun and it, it's it's very frustrating when you can sort of see where you want to go but you don't know how to get there. Um, yeah. So and every song's kind of different and it, it's like having a relationship with a person. It's like you make a person, you know, or something that you have a kind of a back and forth relationship to. And then at some point it becomes, you know, in some ways finished. And it's like a reference point for you. You know, it's like a person you have a conversation with, you know, like Pistol on the Pillow. Um, It's a, that's an idea that I have a relationship with now. And it's a way for me to reference something to sort of help myself, you know, Mm -hmm. whenever I, you know, get into a, a sticky situation in my own personal life. It, it's a it's a way for me to say, yeah, this is what I think about this, and you know, I do think this is true. That you know, um, maybe community, uh, a good, a strong community can can be better than medication. You know, for certain things. Um, you know, so that idea is that's something that you take with you. So, and then you perform that, and, and you hope that other people kind of pick up on it too. But if not, like, like I said. Just to have a good time. You know? Yeah, <laughs> man. It's all it's all you know, sort of deducible by by that. You know, there's so much good stuff in there. It, Micah Schnabel has been on this show a couple of times, and I think there's there's a common thread. What Micah does is very different from what you do, but there's a common thread in those two um, those two products, and that is that Micah Micah said to me, "I'm not going to try to do what Jason Isbell does." Because I can't do what Jason Isbell does, I'm gonna do a, a thing, a different thing that's that's unique to me. And while Micah can write a hell of a folk song or a country song or a, a punk song, what he's doing now is just sounds like nobody else. And other than maybe the band Listener, who really influences him, what you do, I feel like, is very similar in that way. It's like certainly it is an homage to country music and it and you could easily call it country music but it is it is your thing and you are doing a completely unique thing you're not trying to be jason isbel 
And that's really interesting to make those choices because I think there's value in both, right? There's value in trying to rip off Jason Isbell, <laughs> right? Even if you won't oh, yeah. get there. <laughs> Actual value. Yeah, yeah. But there's also value in going, hey, I'm not going to get there. He <laughs> does that thing. He does it better than anybody. I got this other thing I can do. I'm going to try to do that better than anybody or as well as I can at least. Yeah. Yeah, or it's just like discovering kind of who you are and what your strengths are and and um and yeah, I mean yeah, there there is value in in hopping on a train and saying, well, it's funny cuz I was talking to Cotton, my lead guitar player, uh mm-hmm. yesterday about he did a show one time and he was basically opening for a Jason Aldean impersonator. <laughs> and I thought, man, <laughs> he he was like and he looked just like him. No. I'm like, is there a market for that? You know, like what? Jason Aldean's still very much alive and doing things, you know? Yeah, but, unfortunately. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, um, yeah, once once somebody establishes. Not unfortunately that he's alive. Sorry. I don't, oh, wanna, yeah, I, don't no. I don't mean for him to be dead. I mean, I'd like him to stop doing things. <laughs> Sorry. Stop anybody things. listening, I'm not wishing death on Jason Aldean or anybody else. <laughs> oh, he's coming for you, man. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's funny. There, there is a market for, you know, duplicating something and, and, you know, it's like people get comfortable hearing a certain style or whatever, and it's, it got, got mass appeal. Um, it's good to jump into that too, you know, and, you know, but I think I just find that part of that part of stuff a little boring for me personally, Mm. but that just means that like, I'm doing something that's very niche and the people that like it, like it. But it's not, it doesn't have like a mass appeal and it's not, it doesn't really kind of have the legs on it to, you know, to go too far in that way. I don't think, I wish it would sometimes because mm-hmm. it would, it would make things a little easier. Right. Uh, you wouldn't have a van that would break down yeah. twice in one day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, that, I mean, I, that's, it is, I, I don't, I'm but, I, never... but I, I'm very well aware of what I'm doing and so I, I, no complaints, you know, at all, but, but yeah. I, I've never gotten my head, and I don't know anybody has gotten my head around what what takes off and what doesn't. You know, when it comes right, to that yeah, stuff, because like when right. I hear your records, I'm like, well, this, this should be everybody should be hearing this. You know, <laughs> but then somebody else might hear it and not get it. I I don't know. It it and it and it may not. A, a song about a super marijuana Walmart may not connect with everybody. Um, I think it should, <laughs> but well, but you know, but yeah, it, uh, it doesn't necessarily. And I think that's. I don't know, but I just never know what's going to take off and what's not. But I, I find, okay, so what you just said is kind of a, a good transition to the, the conversation about about the kernel and about the suit and about the, the, the album art and about the bearing of the suit and sort of where you're headed. And I'm wondering now, you know, you've been out on the road with this record a little bit, like where your head's at with the whole kernel thing. Hmm. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big question. Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, it's one thing if it's like that, um, I think maybe it's a middle brother song that John McCauley did where, where he says, uh, I'm all booked up next year. You mm-hmm. know, he's like looking at his schedule and he's like, oh, my whole year is planned out for me. He's like, this is supposed to be great, but it's also kind of depressing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I don't r- really know what to expect and, and, we're still just eking back into this and it, it still feels like, you know, it's, it very much feels like it's not normal, you know, yet, um, Mm. post pandemic stuff. I mean, it's, we're still kind of in that phase 
and putting a record out and you know i mean i think it, it would be foolish to make too many plans um but i, I don't, honestly i'm just taking it a day a month at a time kind of thing you know and just a run at a time and so it's now we're talking about well do we want to do some touring in the summer and what would that look like where would we go who would we want to tour with that kind of stuff you know uh I, that's kind of where my head's at it's more just because you know, it with it taking a few years to get the record out, it just it kind of feels good to for the record to be out and to kind of help it kind of spread around a little bit with doing some touring and doing things like this and mm -hmm. um, that's really where my head's at. I, I'm not, you know, I've been thinking long term with the Colonel Project since I started it. it the whole thing, I, I've known how it was going to end for ten years. I mean, that's kind of the way I designed the project is to have this arc. You know, when I first, when I did my first record, I knew that I was going to have two other phases, you know, of this project and with two other records and sort of, you know, the things around that. Um, so I've been thinking long term about this thing since I started. And now, you know, having completed the third record, uh, I've kind of in, in effect, you know, turned that switch off, the long term switch momentarily. It's, you know, it's like on a boat and you're on a speedboat and you just cut the engine off and I'm just kind of going going with the outcome at the moment you know um so i don't know i really honestly don't i don't know what to expect um mm. and i'm not making any grand plans and and, and stuff i just uh I, honestly i kind of just want to be able to keep doing this mm -hmm. and um there 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 isn't always um it's, it's sometimes it's really hard to keep doing this you know yeah uh, just practically as, as a person, you know, trying to live and, and, and stuff. Um, so I want to keep doing it, but if it, if it comes to the point where, you know, it's, it's not getting enough traction and I can't, you know, keep myself on the road, you know, financially and all these kind of things and like financially support the band, um, then, you know, I may have to, may have to stop, you know, for a while or, or whatever. So I, I'm kind of open to anything. I mean, I think if, if someone told me five years ago, there's a chance that you might need to stop playing music. It would have really depressed me. Mm. But now I'm just a little more sober, I think, with it. Mm. And I've had a lot of fun and I've enjoyed the process. But if it if it goes away and, and I have to, you know, do something else because it doesn't doesn't have enough of a fan base and enough of a crowd town to town, then I'm fine with that too. So, yeah, I'm not making any grand plans at the moment. <laughs> so what if you had, because what I hear in that is all the uh, – very understandable and natural constraints that life puts on us, right? Money and time and family and, you know, friendships and all those, all those constraints that naturally exist in a creative life. When I think of you and I think of your creativity, it's like, it feels like the creative part is limitless. So if you didn't have those other constraints, do you have any sense of like what you might, what your next sort of, 10-year phase would be if you didn't have to worry about all those things that you have to worry about <laughs> uh that's a good question um and yeah there's a huge appeal to that you know um yeah i i love the idea of waking up every day and just diving into whatever my imagination um whatever my imagination and i can come up with together whether that's honestly whether that's like painting mm. or you know trying to write or 
anything. I mean, I, I find it, I, I love being in the groove where I can just think about creative things all the time and kind of switch back and forth between, you know, among different mediums. And it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, a, it's an enjoyable thing. But unfortunately, those things were a lot easier when I was 26 and I wasn't thinking about, um, you know, uh, more family things and, and some of those more practical things. But the older you get, the more of those things are just, if you try to avoid them, it doesn't go, doesn't go very well. Nope. <laughs> you know? Nope. So, Not an effective strategy. So yeah. So it's, <laughs> I almost feel like I'm, I kind of have, I'm holding out hope that I have this little pocket, you know, I've got this little, um, um, set of things I would like to do and I hope that I can get there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just, you have to take it a day at a time and, and, uh, you know, maybe I'll win the lottery and, and I can wake up and think about creative things all the time, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been wrestling with some of that now it, for good reasons. I'm, I'm fortunate in that like my whole financial situation changed dramatically in the last two years to where I was like, how am I going to pay my bills to like, I'm okay now. Mm. And it, I'm not rolling in cash, but I'm at a place now where I don't feel um, that lingering fear that I won't be able to pay my mortgage and I won't be able to like, you know. That's the fear they want you to have. Exactly, see. they do. And I don't have it right now, so fuck those motherfuckers. <laughs> um, but I don't have it at the moment. And so I'm what I'm thinking about right now is like, for me, creatively, what I can like how I can leverage that. And I think it does get harder as you get older. I'm not an old man, but I am 41. And so it, it, the responsibilities that start to come into your life, how you're able to balance those things and really wrestling with those things. So it's an interesting conversation that I have no answers to right mm -hmm. now, but I am. You're answering it every day when you wake right, up. Right. I think that's it. <laughs> that, like you just said, you know, take it a day at a time. I really think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you have to, yeah, you have to think of it that way. Because I don't know that, like, there isn't a good way to, because everybody's creative journey is so different. So I learn these little lessons every single time I have a conversation like this with somebody who's, uh, whose work I admire. But I don't necessarily, I can't just go, I'm going to follow Joe's path. <laughs> you know, like, right. that's not going to work. Um, yeah. I, can't, I can't follow Colonel Bruce Hampton's path. That's definitely not going to work either. Um, but I'm learning these little nuggets from each person and just kind of, trying to give myself grace to go it, it really has to remain about me growing as a as a creative person and not and as a human just as a person in general and not try to think i'm going to take this and i'm going to make it this for myself i'm going to take this from this person and i'm going to make make it for myself because it doesn't work that way and i think sometimes there's a tendency that i have at least to go like well i see that guy doing it I, I'm good too. I can write the thing that that guy wrote. I want to write that thing. And then everybody goes, Hey, good thing. Good job writing that thing. Um, but it doesn't really work that way. And so I, I like that very simple advice of like just taking it a day at a time. Well, and I think it's even true for your own self, you know, that just because you've done this set of things for five years, you know, you still have to wake up the next day and you know, yeah. and do the thing yourself, you know, uh, you can't just parody yourself, mm -hmm. uh, or you can't, I guess, I mean, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think life is frustrating in some ways in, in that way that, 
you really do, or, or like I have a tendency sometimes to just be like, man, I wish I could just push a button and everything just kind of is just like this, mm-hmm. you know, but it just doesn't work that way. You know, yeah. it's, you have to, yeah, you have to be, you have to show up every day. <laughs> you do have to show up every day. Yeah. I, I, somebody was posting, well, specifically Lydia Loveless posted about her morning pages the other day and I had skipped my morning pages that morning. And I thought to myself, like, that's a good reminder. I didn't beat myself up about it, but it was a good yeah. reminder that, like, I just didn't show up that day, and that's okay. Yeah. Sometimes you're not going to show up. Um, but yeah. the next day I did it, yeah. and I made sure I showed up, and it, with predictable results, right? I had a pretty creative day, and I felt like I was able to make some headway on some projects. Yeah. Um, but not beating yourself up about it, but also holding yourself accountable to show up and do the work each day. Yeah. Yeah, not beating yourself up takes practice, too. Man. I'm not good at it yet. (laughs) Well, you'll get good at it, and then they'll be putting you in a casket. You know, that's just how it works. You know, oh, he finally got it. (laughs) He did. Yeah. Welcome to the memorial service. (laughs) He finally got it. That's what I want on my headstone. (laughs) My mom has this. uh, She's uh, she's German Irish, and and her grandparents on her uh, mother's side. She grew up, you know, around them, and they didn't even speak English. Um, they just spoke German, and so she kind of has this little bank of cool, you know, German phrases and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of them it translates to "too old, too soon, too old, too smart." And <laughs> I, I think about that one a lot, you know, "too old, too soon, too," or, or yeah, "too old, too soon, too late, too smart." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, that's funny. That's just kind of how it is. Now, I'm, now, <laughs> see, now I'm gonna beat myself up because after you asked me for food recommendations, I, I, I thought I should have sent them to Hollerbach, which is a German restaurant here that's kind of well known. So now I feel like I I'm the worst with that. food. I'm always just like, let's just go and put something in our stomach and get get on the road. And <laughs> I, the the talks of like, well, we could do this. So this place is three and a half stars. I just want to like blow up. <laughs> My wife gets frustrated when we go try to. She always wants to go to like the the spot. You know, like you're supposed to do when you go visit a town you're supposed to go to the places you're supposed to go to and experience but i'm always like oh let's just go to waffle house and be done with it well i wonder (laughs) if you know if you'd miss out on like wrong turn to tupelo type moments if you were going to the 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 four-star restaurant instead of ending up at the waffle house maybe yeah because it's like i kind of have a utilitarian not utilitarian but a utility mindset when it comes to food i'm like let's just it'll take seven minutes just get a can of tuna put it in your stomach and then go about your day. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you can do all this other stuff. But um, I love that line. I love how in uh, Pistol in the Pillow, they're, they're drinking, uh, eating tuna fish and drinking wine. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> good. I mean, that's good solid protein and a little wine. It, I, I don't think I've ever done that, but it just made, it made me go like, oh, shit, man, that makes too much sense. Like a good, a nice little easy Sauvignon Blanc with some tuna fish. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> some canned some tuna. Canned tuna, man. <laughs> on a on a on some wheat bread. Yeah. That sounds really good, man. You can eat, do it. Yeah. You can do it. Do fish. it today. I don't eat fish anymore. But if I did, okay. yeah. I'd do it. <laughs> um you gotta get to Jacksonville to rock the people. Um you're playing Jackrabbits tonight. One of my favorite rooms in the world, man. Oh really? Yeah. Cool. And never been there. Oh man, I love that little club. It's um I've seen so many great shows. I saw Sturgill there right before he became Sturgill, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like right before he he blew up. American Aquarium there many times. Okay, cool. um, 
I think I think it was really originally kind of a more of a punk rock club, tiny little room, great nice. crowds. Great. You're gonna you're gonna dig it. I think I think you're gonna I have like a great sound time. Like a, a small room in a tight crowd. That's kind of ideal. It's great. Who's opening? Uh, Cheyenne Metters, uh, the guy playing bass with me, is, okay. is opening. Right. I actually think there's yeah there's some other people, but I don't know. Because I wonder if I think there's a guy actually. I think tonight is the, there's a guy named Robbie Dammit. Is his name, and I thought yeah. I just cracked up. I was like, "Wow, is that what is that name, Robbie that, Dammit?" That's a Duval name, is what that is. That's a Jacksonville name. <laughs> I, you're gonna have so much fun, man. Your music's gonna fit right in. Like, there. I wonder what his middle name is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, <laughs> Robbie Dammit's middle name. <laughs> Robbie Dammit. Yeah, I look forward to meeting him. So I yeah, don't know him. There's a few great ones up there, um, and it's just a wonderful town. It's I lived there for off and on for a decade and oh, really? I, I sing its praises all the time it's just a complicated wonderful beautiful messy place and um and so if when if you need uh recommendations of three-star restaurants or whatever when y'all get <laughs> yeah. there or places yeah. to have a drink the best waffle house the best waffle house yeah <laughs> just hit me up because uh i know my way around but uh before i let you go you know we always end on what you're getting down on the art that is inspiring you at the moment oh yeah i'm always bad at these questions too because um, I remember last time I was like, oh man, I wish I would have prepared. I know. Um, I like catching people off guard there. <laughs> uh, I've been reading this book called 1491 hmm. uh, about like the Americas before Columbus and sort of oh, de debunking a lot of myths about um, native cultures and things like that. It's oh, been, I want to read that. It's been really fascinating. It's, okay. It's a bit dense, um, but it's, it's great. Um, so that's... Something I've been taking in. I don't know. Let's just look at my... Um, I realized how ignorant I was about indigenous cultures and Native yeah. American cultures when I had um, David Huckfeld on the show. Mm. And that's one of his big causes is like making people aware of of the history of the treatment of indigenous Americans and um, really uplifting their voices. Like He plays a lot of music with um, Native American artists and um, uh, has them on bills with him and plays benefits and that kind of thing. And it just really woke me up to like, I just don't pay enough fucking attention to this. You know, like, of course yeah. I know the, the history book version of stuff, right. but I need to read books like that. Well, that's the, this, this book kind of says, you know, this is what they said in school, but you know, yeah. here's the top archeologist in the world talking about, you know, right, right. You know, and the diversity in, you know, how many different types um, or not types, but how many different cultures, you know, we mm -hmm. think, oh, they were just all one people, you know, bands of, you know, people roaming around, but so much diversity, even in the languages. I mean, there were, you know, like over a thousand different, uh, languages and, and, you know, compared to like Europe, there's only a handful of, um, places mm. where language came from, right. but in the Americas, there were like just dozens you know of mm -hmm. of different like totally different languages you know so it, it's interesting because it, it it causes you to think a lot about like what you know the the creativity and the um you know sort of the genius of of human beings yeah you know um yeah, yeah. no matter where they come from um but just sort of the the innate interesting uh, uh aspects of you know what a human being is and, and stuff so yeah it's great um and i was just gonna look at my spotify playlist here cool. let's see uh 
Dave Dudley, Pavement. Um, oh, right on. That band, A Hawk and a Hacksaw. I've been listening to them a bunch for some reason. I don't know. John Prine. You know, Future. A little hip hop in there. Right on. Uh, Doc Watson, you know. Of course. <laughs> the, the, at, as you would expect. <laughs> yeah, no Neil Young on here. I don't know. I haven't seen Neil Young on <laughs> What do you uh, have against Neil Young, Joe? What's the problem? He's just not on my Spotify for some oh, reason. Oh, that's weird. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. I, I thought he was kind of big enough to be on Spotify. I right would now, expect but it. I, but you don't Shows what I know. know. Yeah. The, fu- <laughs> the future. Who knows? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Oh, uh, dude, this has been such a pleasure, as always. It's so good to get to see you play those songs live. I'm yeah, so man. glad that I heard all new stuff last night. Cause I, I, I've been really loving the record, Listen to the Blood. And I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful for your time. I'm grateful that. You were able to to get here and play the songs for the people here, <laughs> and that you you know you went out of your way to come to this parking lot in Sanford and hey, it's my pleasure, <laughs> spend man. Spend an hour Thank with you. me. Yeah, Colonel, y'all, thank you so much, Joe. Thank all of you for listening. This was a pleasure. TheColonelMusic.com for all things The Colonel. That's K-E-R-N-A-L. Get a physical copy of Listen to the Blood. The song you are hearing in this episode is the wonderful Super Marijuana Walmart from that very same record, Listen to the Blood. MarinadePodcast.com for all things The Marinade, including written pieces, photography, our online store, and more. And if you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community, where for just a few bucks a month, you can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content like our show Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life and provide a window into the process of making The Marinade. The last few Jason's Journeys have been a lot of fun and extra special. Part two of episode 102 with Van Plating is over there. Van and I talked about our experiences at Americana Fest 2021 and just kept getting down about creativity and life. Uh, We just released a conversation with Jordan Foley and Thomas Wynn, which was recorded at Tuffy's Music Box ahead of Jordan's set with his band The Wheelhouse in support of The Colonel the day before I recorded this episode. That one's available for free, even if you don't feel like signing up for the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Podcast if you're interested in any of that. If you want to support the show financially, but you don't want to commit to a monthly subscription, you can Venmo or PayPal us at The Marinade. All the money goes right back into the making of the show. And right now that means saving up to cover festivals with the great Jen Ross of Jen Ross Photography. We've got a lot of cool stuff lined up. And we've had a lot of cool experiences already in this year. We got to cover Gasparilla Music Festival together. Check out that coverage on marinadepodcast.com. We also got to cover Orange Blossom Review. Also available on marinadepodcast.com. There's uh, plenty of good stuff that you can check out, and we really appreciate the support. All right, y'all, it's time for my review under two, the segment of the show where I review some work of art that has me fired up and try to make my point in under two minutes. The subject of this episode's review is the wonderful slice of nostalgia by the well-read comedy team called Bubba Shot the Podcast. Bubba Shot the Podcast is at first glance a pretty niche show. A 1990s country podcast produced by liberal redneck comedians. There are like 10 people in that target audience, right? 
ignoring the ignorance of assuming there are so few liberal folks in the South or so few fans of 90s country music, the appeal of an ostensibly narrow idea enjoys charm for a huge swath of society. If you were conscious of the world between 1990 and 1999, you knew Shania Twain, you knew George Strait, you knew Garth Brooks, and if you were living in a small town anywhere in the U.S., you knew Mark Chestnut's Bubba Shot the Jukebox, you knew whose bed have your boots been under. You did not have to be, quote, country in the small southern town sense to feel the Nashville machine's influence on popular culture. The sounds coming from Music City at that time punctured borders. Is it good? Does it hold up? Who were the people making these tunes? Who are the people continuing to make these tunes? These are the questions facing the well-read team as they take a trip down memory lane in their virtual Chevy S10 with the bench seat and the dual exhaust. The guys examine the lyrics, songwriting, and overall context of each tune to resurrect a slice of Americana. The genius of this show relies on the faulty memories of its core hosts, the personal touches they place on each song, and the show-stopping foil of comedian Tushar Singh. Tushar, an Indian-American who grew up in Alabama yet somehow has never heard most of the songs on Bubba Shut the Podcast, lends a get-your-ass-sober slap in the face of the tendency to accept the music of your upbringing as unassailable. Like many things the well-read team does, Bubba Shot the Podcast focuses on a specific area of popular culture and makes its relevance feel universal. The show should have its own The Morning After Bubba Shot His Shot Show, and After the Thrones-like recap, for which I volunteer as host. All right, y'all, that's my review under two for Bubba Shot the Podcast. You know I love the well-read guys. We've had two-thirds of them on the show, and I'd love to have Drew one of these days. I, I really would hope that we can catch up with them the next time the guys come through Orlando or if I'm ever in their town. I'm just so grateful for the support that, that they've shown the show. We've had uh, Trey was one of the very Trey Crowder was one of the first guests on the marinade. Um, Corey Ryan Forrester agreed to come on last year and we had a blast. Just love those guys and the work they do because I think it's not only entertaining and funny, but incredibly important work um, that they do. And I, I try to tell those guys that every chance I get. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to the Colonel for your time and your energy and your incredible music. Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.